My name's Luke Hume, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I'm a fullback. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, more Major League Rugby talk with Rooney's Marsh and Matina. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tours people. A balanced palate, nutrition for peak performance. And the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up here at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City. And we have some more Major League Rugby talk. And we have none other than the undefeated Rugby United New York members, Mr. Chris Matina and Mr. Carl Marsh. Gentlemen, welcome. Good to be here. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for having us. All right. So, boys, lots of pressure on your shoulders right now. You're the only undefeated team in Major League Rugby's second season, and you guys are rookies in the league right now. And you've done it on the road. You've done it in San Diego, which is a, a, a very tough place to win, specifically if you're coming from Randall's Island at night in the winter and then going down to San Diego in the sunshine. And you're, you know, you got a lot of Irish guys on that roster, right? A lot of captains of the Irish tanning team, so to speak, <laughs> right? And then you win. You knock off New Orleans in New Orleans. Do you feel any pressure? Are you just having fun, or what's it like? Um, I think the first two weeks have been a great buzz between the team. Um, we obviously we knew we had a, a very tough start to the season, so um, I guess we, we've started very well. We haven't been perfect. I think it's been good. We have a, a lot to improve on. Um, we've sort of just dug out two really good results, so it's good we have these things to improve on so we can put some of those right now for this weekend in Seattle. Well, I, I would like to uh, go over the last 20 minutes of the match, but we couldn't see it because the power went dead. So maybe you can give us a play-by-play on the last 20 minutes, Chris. Uh, it was just Marshy hitting a, a great kick um, from the sideline. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth with the forwards. And it was, a, you know, not the, not the prettiest uh, last 20, but um, we got the points and it was a beautiful kick by Marshy and put us over. And then we kind of held out for the last 10. So Were you trying to can, can just keep the ball and go phase after phase after phase? Or were you playing, playing a little kicking for position? Or? Um, yeah, I think well, the main focus is just exiting our half um, properly once we got the penalty. And then we were fortunate. We, Marcus Walsh came on and he had some good composure. Um, he was bossing the forwards around and we managed to pick up one or two penalties which sort of made it easier and we just sort of yeah we kept it in the forwards and tried to limit the risk but I think this week and the previous week in San Diego we were composed towards the end when we had to be and now uh, we got the job done late on. Kahal could you please read Steve Lewis's uh, recap of your match versus uh, Nola? Rooney spotty in parts but pull out important road win without playing particularly well so that's a good thing. Um Mars showing his glass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was torture for you. I understand that, my friend. You did that very well. I apologize for that, but Lewis will get a kick out of that. We got to keep the lizard happy, right? All right, so just briefly for the folks at home that might not know who you guys are yet because they've been in a cave or in a coma, uh, you, sir, if I'm not mistaken, 26 caps with Leinster? Um, yeah, I think something like that, yeah. And uh, you were with the Ireland under-20s team? Um, yeah, yeah, I played um, on the under-20 team in 2011, I think, 2012. So I think if anybody in this league so far has snuck under the radar, as far as folks that were, are fans from last year, it's you. You were man of the match against NOLA. Do you think now people are going to be looking for you? 
Um, I'm not sure. Like, I think rugby is the sort of game where if, if they're looking for me, there's going to be space for others. So um, it'll be good for the outside backs. We have so much talent in the back line. But um, I think we're dangerous throughout and we've got ball carriers and stuff throughout the team. So um, I think if people are coming for me, there's going to be there's going to be opportunities for others. Did you know that his last name is Mar? It's Marsh, right? But they call him Marshy. Right. But did you know that it's because he was actually born in a marsh behind <laughs> Black Rock College? I did not know St. that. St. Michael's no. College. I'm not. I know I you be, went to St. Michael's College. I wouldn't College. be anywhere near Black Rock College. <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't have a choice when you were being born. That was the joke. Okay. It was was a bad step. I know you went to say, Mike. It was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I was just worried you got it wrong. All right. So I get some things wrong. I'm going to be the first to admit that. All right. So, Chris, an American pathway, Xavier High School, University of Delaware, Eagles, World Series Circuit. I believe you had eight stops. Yep. Eight right. tournaments um, eight tour- and a reserve for the World Cup. Right, which was oh, what a tease that was. Yeah, it was it was tough, um, but you know, just to be within that squad and be able to be in the locker room with them and prepare with them is, was really special for me, and uh, you know, it was a great experience. And you're very familiar with head coach Mike Tolkien because he was the coach at Xavier and with Nyack where you played the men's club, and now you're here with Rugby United New York. But you're also giving back to the community by coaching at Xavier now. Yep, I'm uh, coaching the backs uh, with Dom DeFalco and those guys. And, um, you know, I had a great career there, and I love Xavier. And now I, to be able to be back there and helping the boys, trying to win another national championship, uh, you know, it's it's special and it adds a little bit of balance. It's not all just uh, playing, but coaching as well. I want to talk to you briefly, though, about University of Delaware. Yep. When that, that boom got levied on them <laughs> with uh, the, the five-year ban or suspension, that was actually shortened. What was that like for you initially when that went down? Um, you know, it was heartbreak for us, really. Uh, you know, it was one of the toughest things that I've had to go through as a player, um, in my career and just being the captain and, you know, having that happen. And, you know, a lot of the guys, um, you know, weren't able to play rugby. And I think that was one of the toughest things in my career. And I've learned a lot from it, um, and how to kind of be a leader on that team. Uh, but yeah, that was a really, really dark time. But, um, you know, during that time I started playing men's rugby, uh, and I think that really helped me and playing against older guys is, in a different game, and, you know, I think that was, you know, good for me, but, you know, it, it was a very, very tough time for me. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. Now, could you imagine in Ireland um, a university getting shut down because some of their players were drinking beers and having a big party, on, and it was on the Internet? Yeah, they'd all be shut down, let's say. Just immediately, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but, okay, but you, your path, yeah. St. Michael's, uh, not Black Rock. It's like saying to me that I played for the New York Athletic Club when I played for the New York Rugby Club. A little bit different, but, you know, similar. Um, then it was uh, Trinity College? Yeah, Trinity, Trinity University. Trinity University, yeah, with Tony Smith. I think he, he coached in the, in the U.S. for a good while as well. Yeah. And um, with the Eagles as well. So this is a tough question for you, but outside of the MLR, tomorrow – if, is there a professional team that you would choose to play for if you won the lottery, you didn't care about money, and you had to pick a professional teams anywhere? And consider that you're coming from a cold-weather climate. Would you go to the south of France, or would you go back to Ireland, or where would you go? No, I think I'm pretty happy here um, with the boys. We have a really good group, and I've played for Lancer. I've played for my home team, so I'm happy to be in New York playing with the boys. But this is a game show. And you, there is no MLR. Oh, God, sorry, there's no, sorry, I got no MLR. So you have to pick a team, one professional team of your choice anywhere on the planet. 
Um, maybe one of the New Zealand teams, the Hurricanes or something. Interesting. Okay. Not back to Leinster? Uh, no, no. Right. I've been there. Okay. Been there, done that. All right. You, what was your biggest excitement or biggest thrill in rugby so far? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think some of the tournaments in sevens, you know, Hong Kong and Vegas were unbelievable. Um, being on the field when we won Vegas was probably one of the highlights of my career uh, so far. But, um, you know, my first cap for USA was also really special uh, in Sydney. And I think that was, you know, something that I really will cherish forever. Um, and then as well, Hong Kong, you know, Hong Kong, the stadium, the atmosphere was, you know, nothing like I've ever played in. So I would have to put those three up there. Um yeah, winning in no. Vegas has got to yeah, be. But I think, good. yeah, I think winning in Vegas will probably top everything, uh, you know, that I've done so far. Will it, would it top you um, having a rap battle with Dustin Rosen of Rugby Sevens Mag? <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear about this? I haven't heard about that one. No. These two in a rap battle. That would be. <laughs> you got Corbusero to judge that. Alex Corbusero, if you don't know. Raps. Yeah. He's way better than I am in, uh, you know, practice, practice, <laughs> practice. Um, you have a play, Waffle thing. What's the Waffle? What's the name Wa of it? The Waffle House. Yeah. The ho Waffle House Return? Or? Yeah. It's called Tango Return, but they take the, he takes the piss saying it's called Tango Waffle House and any sort of, he doesn't like me bossing him around. So it wasn't the name of the play at all, but he just likes taking taking the piss out of me sometimes. I can't I I can't believe that about Luke Hume. Yeah, he, I know. That shy <laughs> retiring type Luke Hume would never do anything like that. I know. No. It's okay. A, it's top secret that uh that play. That's uh, a, double that's a secret probation. Yeah, double top secret, secret probation, uh, <laughs> Waffle House. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. What is something about him that surprised you? Um well I, I didn't know no Chris too well before this, but um yeah, I think he's just like he, he has a lot of different. He's dangerous in a lot of different ways. He's good with the high ball, really good skills. I think his skills from the sevens really show up, like his catch pass, um, and he's very evasive and stuff. So I think he's got got an all around game. What's it like for you playing with the likes of him, Will Leonard, and Ben Foden opening opening up some space for you, and not yeah. to mention everybody else in the lineup? Yeah, you know uh, we're extremely dangerous, but just to be able to play with these guys, you know, I. I kind of came here to play with these guys and learn from these guys, um, you know, and something that surprised me about Kaho is just how humble he is. And, um, you know, he kind of came here from, you know, a Leinster club and starting something new. And, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but, you know, it's been great so far and um, we've really had a great relationship so far. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been really fun. Who's the most difficult of the Irish speakers for you to understand? <laughs> uh, or is it, or is it the I, Scotsman? Yeah, the Scotsman definitely. Uh, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we we're quoting Braveheart every gym session <laughs> with him, so uh, you know you can really really hear it. Okay, I have nothing to do with this, so don't take it out on me. Okay, uh, so you can understand Fawcett pretty clearly. He actually might be the hardest one to yeah. understand. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to understand him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can't be worse than Kennedy, though. James Kennedy is Kennedy when he's speaking faster. He's right to you. <laughs> Right? Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mr. Marsh and Mr. Matina right after this. I've been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. 
What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Colin McIntosh, Scotland. You tell it in front row. All right, now say it like that you're not in a library. <laughs> and action! Colin McIntosh, Scotland. You tell it in front row. Are you a proper hooker? Both. <laughs> hey everybody, we're back with Mr. Chris Matina and Kahal Marsh of the MLR franchise, the Rugby United New York Rooney. Do you know what your name means? Um, I heard, heard earlier on something about battle or something. Great warrior. Battle Prince. Great warrior. So you and Vili or Chris Vaca CC Kakala could combine and have a son named Great Warrior, Great Warrior. Because <laughs> I believe their last name roughly translates into Great Warrior, and your first name translates into Great Warrior. And I believe St. Hall is the Italian patron saint of their army, or something along that line. Riveting stuff on Rugby Wrap-Up, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, uh, big weekend of rugby coming up. You can't rest on your laurels in this league, right? It's a, it's a very equal competition so far. A lot of these matches have been down to the wire. I picked two wrong last week, but they could have very easily been right. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. The, the, the predictable is that it's unpredictable. I don't know if you guys caught any of the matches, but one thing that I noticed is some difficulty in the kicking game. You guys seem to have that pretty much as not a worry, but you got to attack that from a strategic standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess um, the coaches do a good preview of each team and will identify it identify their strengths and weaknesses and then sort of act upon that in training throughout the week. So um, the coaches do a good job at previewing the teams. And what's it like for you over here now in these training setups as opposed to across the pond? Um, well, it's obviously a small bit different because at home we'd have done sort of our trainings or our gym and meeting and pitch sessions in the morning and afternoon session and then we'd have the evenings off. Whereas here it's a small bit different a lot of guys work during the day, so we tend to do gym uh, in the afternoon sometimes and then train in the evening. So um, that's, the, that's the main difference, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the training is very similar. It's a very professional setup. Um, Keys and Tokes run really good drills and they have our attack and, and defensive shape on point at the moment. How's it different for you from the club level? Just the accuracy. Um, you know, it's the best of the best uh, around the city, so plus a lot of the Irish influence. So I think just the accuracy and what we do and the speed. But, um, you know, Seven's kind of got me used to that high-level speed, and I think that's probably the major difference is speed and the accuracy. Do you change your playing weight for Sevens and Fifteens? No, I'm about the same. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, guys like uh, Danny Barrett and Andrew Duratalo were going back and forth for the Sevens program and the Fifteens program in the World Cup year in 2015. And, they, you know, they'd come from – they'd come really fit. Yeah, from sevens camp, but then they're playing, you know, in the back row, and maybe could use that extra ten, fifteen pounds that they might not have. So the, you know, the bouncing back and forth. You guys obviously don't have that in Ireland. You have an Irish sevens team finally going on. Do you mm -hmm. do you um, regret the fact that they came late into the 
the sevens realm, Ireland, would you have been in that mix, do you think? Yeah, definitely, because I think most of the players are sort of young academy guys, um, sort of in between maybe uh, a development contract and, and a senior contract. So they, they go to the sevens to develop their skills and stuff. But yeah, that wasn't an option when I was when I was coming through the system. So um, no, it seems amazing. I've chatted a bit to Chris about the circuit and stuff, and it's a great opportunity for those guys to travel and and get better, and, and sevens is a great sport. And we've got Vegas sevens looming, yet we digress. How many of the guys in the current league and on the team have you played with or against before over in Ireland? Um, I haven't actually played against many. I've played against, or Sam Windsor was was part of the, the Lancer squad for a while when I was there, and he, he, played, he played in Ulster as well, so I know him. Um, I'm trying to think of others. What about there's a, there's a leader? Play against leader? Yeah, sorry, I have. Um, uh, leader would have been in the Connacht setup when I was at home. There was a few actually guys for NOLA who who had played for Trinity in, in Ireland um, when I was there. Cam Falcon, I think, and the winger blew it. Watch he, your mouth. He did, <laughs> he did some time there in Trinity as well. All right, so this week you're going into Seattle, into Starfire. I was there, packed house. They will be screaming, and they will be screaming when you're kicking for points. What do you think of that? Yeah, I guess um, I'm getting a bit used to it over here. In Ireland, they tend to be pretty quiet when, when your play's kicking, but uh, Mateen actually warned me that it probably wasn't going to be like that over here. So um, you might not have seen it, but in the, in the finish to the New Orleans game, they were screaming pretty loud. Um, oh, we so, didn't see the end of the New Orleans yeah, game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think... Um, I think when people are screaming, it sort of focuses you more. You know, you can just really, certain hours you're focused into what you need to be thinking about and there's no real, it sounds funny, but there isn't actually as many distractions when you're just zoned in like that. So yeah, um, I don't mind it usually. Well, you're not going to have a choice. Just to give you a heads up. <laughs> Seattle fans were just going berserk every time Will McGee was trying to set up for a kick. But you guys are all going to have to get used to that in certain venues. And the management was is asking the fans to be respectful. Worst thing you can possibly do, right? You just tell an American fan, oh, you got to be quiet. We're American. We're going to make noise. <laughs> Other games on the docket. Are you guys going to be looking to any of these, or are you just concerned about what you guys are doing? I mean, I watch every game um, just to see what, how, how it's going. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the league as well, not just us. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a really exciting rugby, and I think the level's really gone up since last year. Um, and every game's been exciting and close. So, you know, I do watch every game and I catch up after we finish our games and I'll catch up on a Sunday or Monday uh, watching the rest of them. Yeah, you got San Diego at Austin, Toronto at Houston, and you have Glendale at Utah. Two teams that are going to need some help are Austin and Utah. And this is a big match for the Sabercats. And, you know, Toronto seems like they're starting to Look, they had some egregious mistakes with the ball. I don't know if you caught that match against Seattle. But late in the game, choices with the ball. Oh, kicking possession away when you need phase after phase after phase. I, I don't get it. Do you think that was an individual player's uh, mindset to do that, his decision, or was it a mandate from the staff or the sideline? Yeah, well, I think a lot of coaches uh, these days don't get caught in possession in their own half. Um, Even but, as... Time is against, yeah. you know, the father time is against yeah, you. Yeah, I think it is a tough, um, it's a tough balance to hit. But I think at that sort of point in the game, if you're, you'd want to be, you'd want to kick to reclaim possession as opposed to kicking it away. So 
something like a cross field or a chip or something. Or if not, you're definitely looking to hold on to the ball late in the game if, if you need a score. Interesting. Okay, gentlemen, before you go, I'm going to do predictions. Uh, my prediction, of course, is to pick Rooney up in Seattle. I'm sorry, Adrian Balfour and everybody else up there, but these two are sitting here, and five <laughs> seconds after they beat Nola, I got a call from the butcher, Dylan Fawcett, and I am not going to face that call again. <laughs> Uh, you don't, when the butcher calls, you listen, right? So, anywho, I am picking Rooney. He's picking Seattle, Steve Lewis, because he's not in this studio right now. But he was also 3-1 and one last week. I was 2-2, two and two, so you got to tip the cap to him. Uh, Toronto at Houston, I'm picking Toronto. Uh, Steve Lewis is picking Toronto. Uh, he is picking San Diego at Austin. I am also picking San Diego at Austin. And other than that, my friends, uh you got any quick thoughts on the ARCs, the Americans Rugby Championships? Yeah, just looking for the guys to play some good rugby. Um, you know, I've been watching that as well, and you know, really just looking forward to seeing them win out the rest of their games. Paul, yeah, just looking forward to seeing how how our how our boys go, um, Butcher and Nate and Quilly and stuff. And we obviously want as many people as possible playing playing in those sort of games because then they can come back better players. Well, that's that, that brings up another question. Great answer, but. How do you feel about losing the players? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. You know, we want to show we have a good team. Like, it would be great if more people start breaking in, like Matina and other boys, because, like I said, if you're playing those high-level games, it means it's great experience, and then um, the players will keep getting better. All right, and what about you? Same. You know, it's really good to just see our you're guys. You're not going to argue with him, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't. Can't, can't uh, say he's wrong. But, yeah, no, completely agree, and... Um, you know, it's good for those guys to get that experience and, you know, we all want to be there. So, uh, you know, it's great for them and, you know, the guys have to step up who are going to take their spots and, you know, it just shows we have depth and, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. All right. And I am looking forward to watching you guys a little bit more closely, uh, particularly on the stoop up in Harlem. Yeah. At segments on the stoop. Oh, is that? Oh, hey guys, what are you doing? Thanks for coming in, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Cup, for coming in, Mr. Man of the Match, Marsh. Cheers, Matt. Pleasure. All right. And on behalf of Mr. Chris Matina and Mr. Kahal Marsh, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up here at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.